Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. You got it? Your mind was given to you to think and to process and to, and to, and to rationalize or to, or to do some math, so to speak, and come to conclusions. There are times when it's, when it's best to stay in a place that doesn't feel good just because of the benefits. For example, you go to the gym early in the morning, everything, in the, you don't feel like it. You get up in the morning, you have a goal, your mind sets a goal. Your mind says, we need to lose some weight. You look in the mirror, the mirror agrees. Right? And, and so you, you, you come out, you go out, I mean, you, you gung-ho, but by the time you get to the gym, you just don't feel like it. You go in there, man, and you look around, and every, it seems like everybody started a year before you did. And everybody looking better than you are already. And you just don't feel like, like being humiliated, you know. It seems like none of, none of the equipment you want to use is by itself. It's around folk. So you got to go around people. You just don't feel like folks staying at you. You ever been there? You just don't feel like being, you know, I don't feel like feeling worse today. But, it's, but your mind says to you, before you dodge back to the car, your mind says, but if you don't start here, where are you going to start? And you've got to start somewhere. So your mind starts fighting and rationalizing or reasoning against your emotions. And at that moment, you have to decide what you want more. Do you want to feel good for the moment or do you want to lose weight? And after a while of, of, of going through what you know is the rational, reasonable thing to do, your feelings line up with your decision. Everybody say decision. Your mind can't change on its own. The key to changing the mind is called choice. Choice changes the mind. Decision changes the mind. Now, all this is academic. All this is academic because what I'm going to talk to you tonight about is understanding what hurt is about. A lot of us are going through hurt, and what we don't realize, if you, if you measure your life and you go back to every time you were hurt, and, and, and stop, stop so much thinking about the pain and folk that did you wrong and I'm going to get them back. Stop thinking about that. Consider that every time you went through anything that was painful, the result of it was change. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. Think about every time you went through hurt. Okay, I'll, I'll, let me pick on the mamas. You knew that that miserable pregnancy that you went through, every time you got pregnant was almost the same thing. It just hurt. But the result of it was always in addition to the family. Because hurt has a lot to do with transition. Transition and hurt go hand in hand. They're part of the same uh, um, system, so to speak. And the only reason we, we hurt a lot is for, is, is for one reason. Is that, number one, we get comfortable in comfort zones. Or number two, we put expectancy on, or expectation on people that they're not even willing or, or worthy to bear. How in the world should I expect you to make me happy when you can't make you happy? But what we do is, we, 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 listen, something I can't do for myself, I'm, I, I'm trying to ask you to do for me. And it was never the plan of God for people to make us happy. The, the plan of the Lord was that the Holy Spirit would give us joy. The joy of the Lord becomes our strength, and then we share that with one another in selflessness, and especially when we're in connected relationships. Some of you want to hear the rest of this, it's going to get good. 
Okay, so in the Bible, I wanna, I wanna, there's a couple scriptures I want to put up there, um, um, and I want to walk you through a lot of things, but we, we only have an hour, so let's do this real fast. I want, I want you to put on the screen for me, I think it's Luke chapter 17, verse 32. Very, very simple scripture, but and in that scripture, there's a lot to be said, but I want to start here. It's really the end of my teaching, but I, uh, yeah, they, no, 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 that's, that's not the one. Give me King James, because King James only got three words. That's what I'm looking for right there. Once you, once you uh, prepare yourself right now, I want the loudest voice you can give me that's not out of control. But just, uh, ready? I want us to read this together. Ready? Just read it out loud. Ready? Go. Remember Lot's wife. Now, I want to do this for me. You're going to read it with emphasis. The first, the first word, you're going to go, remember Lot's wife. Then you're going to remember Lot's wife. And then you're going to remember Lot's wife. Do it for me. Ready? First time. Ready? Remember Lot's wife. Then second one. Remember Lot's wife. The third one. Remember lots. Why? What's interesting about this is when you look at the word remember, it doesn't just mean to think back briefly. It means never let what happened to her leave your mind. Never. It means keep it somewhere in the back of your mind what happened to Lot's wife. The second thing is Lot. What's important about Lot is that in the Bible, Lot comes onto the page of Scripture because of his connection to Abraham. He didn't have really a plot in, in, in the Scripture. He was not a major player. He was just connected to a major player and got rich in the process. But another thing you need to remember about Lot is, is that Lot liked bling. He went to Sodom and Gomorrah not because it was a great place, but because he liked the way it looked. He was feelings-driven. Now, this is interesting. And the reason we want to emphasize wife is... When you read the account of them leaving Ur of the Chaldees, what's very interesting is that the Bible, the Holy Spirit calls every name of every person except hers. If you read the scripture, go, through this, go back to the scripture. It's the weirdest thing in the world. The Holy Spirit says, Terah, his father. It says, Abram, Sarai, Lot, and never mentions his wife. Lot's wife is not mentioned until in the scripture. In that verse, I'm going to send you the verse in a minute. It says, and Lot's wife. It talks about Lot's wife look back. The only time she's ever mentioned. But another thing that's interesting is that though she's mentioned, her name is never documented. We don't know her name. So now what I want you to do for a moment is to imagine this nameless person who was dragged into a situation by her, her, uh, um, her husband who was looking to make good for himself, who got rich off his cousin, off his, or actually off his uncle. And she really had nothing of her own. And imagine she goes to Sodom and Gomorrah. She, they make a life there. They do well for themselves as a righteous person because the blessing that was on Abraham, actually got, Lot got it by connection. And a whole life that was set up and made for her, she made it in Sodom and Gomorrah. And one thing was asked of them when they left. Don't look back. So, so God pulls them out of, of, out of stability, out of comfort, out of what the thing they built for themselves. And he, he, they're moving out and she couldn't help. But remember, Lot has a name. We know who he is. Abraham has a name. They, you, you see, everybody got a name but her. And all, that, all her self-worth, all her value is back in this place. And she can hear what's happening. Now, in the, in the scriptures, I want you to put on the screen for me. Put Genesis chapter 19, verse 24, because I got to show you this. And I want you, to, I want you to follow this with me. Genesis 19, verse 24. Remember Lot's wife. The only time she's really ever mentioned. Then the Lord r- reigned upon Sodom and uh, upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven, verse 25. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and then all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground, verse 26. But his wife... 
looked back from behind him. That's the place that the wife walked. And let me tell you, the wife walked behind her husband because the, the, the rationale was if the husband came up on a wild beast, he could fight the beast while the family ex- escaped. So the wife walked behind for safety and out of respect in, in, that, in that part of the world. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pill of salt. Now give me a new living translation because I want to show this a different way. It says, read, read out loud, ready? Read. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him Okay, so what I did in the study is I want to know what, what, okay, she looked back. I mean, you glance back, you know, that's not what happened. The word that the Bible used for look back, it means that Lot's wife got to a certain point and she said, you know what? I, I, it's not that I want one more glimpse. That's not what happened. She turned around. The word means to gaze. She stopped and turned around and stood and had looked at the place where she had built a whole world. Looked at the place. She was hurt emotionally because she's leaving her whole life and she got stuck and she got do me a favor write the word stuck somewhere around because we're going to revisit that word because what happens to us is many times it's one thing to be hurt but it's another thing to continually continually be hurt or to be hurt repeatedly from the same offense because you're stuck because you can't stop thinking about it. You can't stop talking about it. You can't stop reliving it. The thing hurts you once and you keep reliving and revisiting the thing, so it keeps hurting you again. So while the whole world is moving forward and all the folk that done you wrong, done gone on, you stuck. A whole lot can't happen to stuck. Things don't grow in anything that's stuck. And I don't care what kind of equipment was built into your engine you got it if your tires can't get traction to get out that mud you gonna stay right there till somebody pull you out so tonight hearts record service came to get you because we got to get you out we got to get you out tell, tell somebody we got to get you out there's a record service somebody dial triple a we, we're here we got to get you out here's the thing you can't keep blaming people for what god ordained in your life You ready to study the Bible? Let's do this. Now, this, this is interesting. I want to start out with, with Lot's wife because she's an interesting candidate for um, examination as we look at what God is saying to us and, do, and doing. Hurt usually manifests, we, says, as, as we said, as offense. It's offense. The Bible says uh, in Luke 17, we'll put it on the screen. The Bible says that it's impossible that offenses will come. It says, it says that you can't live through your life and something doesn't offend you. Let me tell you how offense happens. Offense happens when you expect something from someone and they don't deliver it. You have a choice at that moment to become offended. Okay? But offense, by definition in, in the Greek, the word scandalon, is, is the trigger of a trap. We talked about the mouse trap. And there's a graphic that's going around social network. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a, it's a mouse. It's, a, it's some cheese on a trap. And the mouse has on a helmet. How many of you saw that? that? And, and the mouse is trying to, he's negotiating how you're going to get the cheese off the, scan, off the little trigger, the little scandalon. And he got his, his helmet on. He's prepared. He don't know that it, the helmet does no good. You see, because normally when, you, when, when the cheese is put on the trap, the word put on the trap is not to catch his head. It's to catch his neck. You got it? 
So what happens is the Bible says here, uh, Luke, um, give me uh, Luke 17 and 1, please, Luke 17 and 1. Um, I want to show you in the scripture where the Bible says that you could try to avoid it. You could, you could say, well, I'll never trust people again. And ain't nobody going to ever do me wrong again. Um, listen to what I'm about to tell you. When God is moving your life forward, when God has plans and purposes that's about to unfold for your life, you can't help but encounter some type of betrayal. Something, so you're going to go through something with folk. So stop trying to protect yourself. If the Lord doesn't guard the city, guess what? The watchmen watch in vain. If the Lord doesn't build a house... Just put the bricks down, you can't build. Look at this now. Then said he unto his disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. That means you can't avoid it. You can't avoid that, uh, that something will come into your life that will cause you to, to decide whether or not you're going to be offended. You're going to be put in a situation where it doesn't feel good. And especially, I'm going to tell you something. If God knows that the thing he has for you next will require you to use your mind if, 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 the, if the spring of your, of your destiny, the springtime of your destiny, is going is to require you to choose things with your mind, then in the winter of the season before your destiny, God will do everything he can to kill you, your, 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 your uh, propensity to choose by feeling. He will make, make sure your feelings get so hurt that you're afraid to feel anymore. And he's going to force you to think it through and to reason. He's going to force you to hear his voice and to make a decision. Everybody say decision. decision. Yeah, there was the, the word decision simply means to cut it, cut it in two and, and, and look at each, which one is better. So right now, you've been praying for this thing. And, and, you, and everyone in this room has been sent to the earth with an assignment. But you can't get to your assignment and, and benefit the Lord or, or the people you're called to or even yourself if you are always moved by feeling. So God is in this moment. Listen, he's crushing your feeling. He's crushing the emotional part of you. You're going to need it. You're going to need it when you rejoice and come. Here's the thing. Weeping endures for the night. That's, that's an emotion. But joy comes in the morning. So after the darkness is over, you're going to still need your emotions. But I promise you this. The decision to rejoice is yours. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Let's go! Have you subscribed to Heart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. 
Eckhart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word UPLIFT to the number 46786. Once again, text the word UPLIFT to the number 46786. And daily, you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Rejo- Listen, rejoicing in the morning is a decision you're going to make. Because some people get the morning coming, they're afraid to rejoice. Suppose I get hurt again. You, know, you got it? So now this is important. Um, I want to show you from the scriptures an example of a young man who's a very emotional man. God gave him dreams of what he was going to become and what he was going to do. The story is of a man named Joseph. In Genesis chapter 39, verse 1, I want you to put it on the screen. It's the New Living Translation. And this story is interesting. And many of you know this story. I've preached from this many times, but I'm coming from a different angle tonight. Joseph, who is the 11th son of Jacob, he was born, he was his first son born to Rachel. Rachel, if you remember the story of Joseph, of, of, of Jacob, Jacob went to his, his uncle Laban's house and he wanted Rachel to be his wife. But the law in the, in the custom in that country said you can't marry off the younger daughter before you marry off the older one. And so when he made the bargain with Laban for Rachel, he got Leah first and it was a surprise. No one told him. He woke up with her and she went pretty. No, the Bible says that. So he woke up in the morning, he's scared stiff, I mean, it was just terrible. And then he went to Laban protesting, and Laban said, well, this is what the custom says. So he had to cut another deal, or, or, or renew his contract, so to speak, to work seven more years for Rachel. And then, what makes, and then to make matters worse is that Leah is having all the babies. And the beautiful one ain't having none. That's a challenge, to, well, I digress. But, but the thing is, the first son that's born to... to uh, to Jacob from Rachel is Joseph, and he loves him. He makes him this coat, and he shows him favor amongst his ten brothers. And then his brother Benjamin is born later, but what you need to do is focus not right now on jo- Joseph. His name means the Lord will add to it. The Lord will increase it. Every time you see a person by the name of Joseph appear on the pages of Scripture, he's coming to assist some situation. Remember that? Remember Joseph of Arimathea? who came to assist. Remember, it was a man named Joseph also it was a, that helped Jesus with the cross. Remember that? It went, uh, G- Jesus' uh, surrogate father. He, was, he wasn't his stepfather. He was a surrogate father to Jesus. Joseph, remember Mary's husband? He wasn't, but whenever there's a, a need for assistance to increase a situation, to add to it, a Joseph comes on the scene. It's possible to be born in one place and called to another. And God was about to do something in Joseph's life. But what we do when we read, notice when you read scripture, many times it does not talk about the emotional state of the character the Bible is talking about. I want you to consider this. The Bible says, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Look at verse 2. It says, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. As he served in the home of his Egyptian master, verse 3, it says part of a notice. And before we go on, I want to ask you something. Have we considered the emotional state of Joseph? Well, let's, let's tell me what you think. His father sent him, first of all, he got a dream from God. He told his brothers about. They hated him for it. His father made him a coat of many colors. 
They hated him for it. On this particular day, he went looking for his brothers. When he didn't find him, he went further to a place called Dothan. Really, that's what the scripture says. And when he got to Dothan, the Bible says that his brothers caught him and threw him in a well. Now, I want to explain this to you. It was, it was a, a, a dry well, an empty well. And so he falls into this thing. Maybe he broke a limb or whatever, but his brothers did it. When the one brother talked the others into not killing him and they came back to get him, he thought the brother that loved him the most would come back and free him. But instead, his brothers get together and sell him like for the price of a slave. How would you feel? How many of you will be hurt? You're hurt by the way they treat you in general. You're hurt when opportunity presents itself. They, they, they throw you in a pit. And then when they did bring you out, they sold you. Knowing that you go down there and be a slave for the rest of your life. Anybody can feel that yet? It's hurt. Everybody say hurt. But the Bible says something. When you go back to verse 1. The Bible tells us what happens. He was sold. He was, he was purchased by Potiphar. Or Potiphar, who, who he was. Verse 2 says this. The, but the Lord is with Joseph. The, everybody said the Lord was with Joseph. Do I want you to remember this. He's hurt, but the Lord is with him. Now, I want to say something to you. That, I want to sidebar to some doctrinal stuff to help you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, by faith we have access into this grace wherein we stand. And the Bible talks about the st- our standing in heaven, but it also uh, points to our status on earth. Your standing in heaven is usually different from your status in earth. So Joseph in the earth, his status is he's a slave, but in heaven his standing is God is with him. And here's what I want you to remember. this. Never forget this. Your, stand, your status in the earth can't change your standing in heaven. But your standing in heaven can change your status in the earth. How many of you got that? So I want you to get it again. Your, your, your status in the earth won't necessarily change your standing in heaven. Him being a slave in the earth didn't change the fact about what God had, had said about him, where he was going and what he was going to become. His, him hurting in the earth didn't change the fact that God was with, was with him and he was highly favored. It didn't change it. So the, the question now becomes, when you have a standing and a status, one in heaven and one in earth, the question becomes emphasis. What are you going to emphasize? Which one becomes the big deal? The fact that God is with you? Or the fact that you hurt because folk did you wrong? And the one you emphasize will determine how your tomorrows play out. Because you can't, I'm going to tell you this right now, you can't emphasize the pain. And, and now I want you to watch how this is going to be read. You can't emphasize pain and get what I'm about to read. The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in, in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Watch this. The Bible says God was with him, and so he went about doing his work, and he was successful. Look at this in the next verse. This is interesting. Potiphar noticed that he was hurt. Is that what it said? Huh? When, and let me ask you a question. When someone is hurt, can you tell? You can tell by the way they talk. Sometimes the way they act. You notice when folk emphasize their hurt, when, when they play out their hurt, you could tell their bitterness, they're, they're spewing bile, the way they act, the way they carry on, they're, they're either taking the position of a victim or they want to victimize other people. Watch this. But that's, the Bible says Potiphar noticed this. What did he notice? That the Lord, he noticed the Lord was with him. And real, he, he noticed that 
go back to verse 2. Let me, let me get to the end of this. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Verse 3. Potiphar noticed that Joseph was succeeding in his home, and he realized that the Lord was with Joseph. Apparently for, for Potiphar, who's not saved or don't know the Lord, to notice that God is with Joseph, he had to see Joseph doing something that pointed to an invisible God. Right? And it says this. It says he, he, noticed that the, he realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Verse 4. It says, this pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Verse 5. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. And all his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock did what? They flourish. Why? Because a man, watch this now, he's working this thing out, man, but he's hurt on the inside. His status is he's hurt. His status is he was sold to be a slave by his kinfolk. But he's standing in heaven as God is with him, and he's leaning on the fact. He watches, hurt, heavenly standing. He chose to move out of his status as a hurt man and step into his standing as a blessed man. And, it, and watch, watch what happened. God began to bless him because of that. It is not over yet. You figure that God will reward him for taking the high road. But it's not over yet because, because in, in a few verses what's going to happen is he's going to end up in jail. He's going to end up in jail because someone made a play for him. He turned it down and he ends up running out the house. A bad move. You don't run out the house naked. That's something that's, I don't care in no circumstance. That's what he did. And so he looked. Everybody say he looked guilty. Everybody look at me. I want to help you out. Be careful walking through the grocery store line and reading the headlines of someone's story and think you know the whole story. It's not always the way it looks. And because you know something, don't mean you know everything. You don't want me to start preaching on that road right there. I got a whole lot to say about that. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Here's what I got to say to you. What is important is, is that in the earth, it looks like he's wrong. But in heaven, God knows that he's being led. His brother sold him out. But I'm going to show you something in the scripture that's going to bless your very life. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. Every sellout is not the doing of man. Sometimes God needs people to betray you, to get you on the road. He needs it. Yes, indeed. Okay, let me show you this. Look, look at, look at, uh, look at uh, Psalm 105. Go to Psalm 105. This is going to help you a lot. Had Joseph chosen to focus on the pain and hurt of what was done to him, he would have never experienced the favor and benefit associated with his standing before God. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Even though your heart is hurting, you have to choose to, to, um, to lean on the favor and the benefit of God. You have, to, you have to keep saying, my standing before God is, God has made me righteous in Jesus Christ. I'm favored. My life is blessed. Watch this now. And can nothing anyone do to me hurt me? Watch this. Now, in the book of, in the 105th Psalm, this is, going, this, is, uh, this is amazing me every time I teach this. The 105th Psalm is a psalm where the history of Israel is being unfolded by the, by the psalmist. And he's telling all the things that happened to them. He talked about the Red Sea and everything. When he got to Joseph's story, he said it differently. Look at this. He said this. He sent a man before them. Even jo- Wait a minute. So, so even Joseph, who was sold as a servant, 
So when the Bible's talking about all the things that God did historically for Israel, when it got to Joseph, it said, it didn't say his brother sold him. It starts out by saying that God sent a man before Jacob's family, even Joseph, who was sold. So from this text, here's what we learn. Many times the selling of man is the sending of God. The selling of man is the sending of God. You, you think people are selling you out and you don't realize they ain't not selling you out. God is sending you out. And God needed them to reject you because rejection, most times, man's rejection is God's direction. Most of the time you don't even understand what's going on. You, you, what's it? When, when, when the, you know, someone or shared, I think Pastor Brian shared a powerful thing with me. Do you know they spend, they spend all this time, I don't know if it still happens, but uh, he was telling me the story about they, they built a launching pad for a rocket. You know, to get a rocket in space, it needs a lot of fuel and it gets real hot. And do you know they build that launching pad? They spend years building it, but when the rocket takes off, it melts it to nothing. It, no launching pad survives the launch. They, it wasn't designed to survive the launch. And some friendships that you're investing in and you think that these are, they're not even, listen, let me tell you something. And you can't get mad at folk for giving you all they got. That's all they got. If they're going to have no more, you can't draw it from them. They have nothing left. Don't, why, you, why are you mad at them? They blessed your life. Why are you mad at them? They, they did what they could. That's, they did what they could. Don't get mad at them. When it's time for them to, for, when it's time for them to leave in life, let God work it out. And if it means they, go, they hurt you, but I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't be a fool. If you got to alter who you are, I got to, I got to go street on this. Lord, I can't do this without going street. It's not the will of God for you to spend your life kissing nobody's butt for relationship. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter, at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook, at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram, at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.